In this episode, we are considering the 69th Psalm, which Jesus quotes in John 15. Jesus quotes this lament psalm in order to help his hearers understand how it was being fulfilled in his day. In our 700 seconds, we are going to explore how do we respond well when there is a lack of pity for those who are suffering today. You're listening to 700 Seconds in a Psalm with Dr. DJ Freemeyer. This is a production of djbiblecoaching.com. Let's turn to today's psalm and dive in. In John 15, Jesus tells his followers to expect persecution from powerful leaders. Jesus himself is not surprised to receive attacks from leaders. Leaders have the power to harm those who are seen as a threat, which means that leaders can attack even when a person has done nothing wrong. In the 69th Psalm and John 15, we encounter tips for how we can respond when we are hated without reason. Psalm 69 begins with a cry for deliverance. With trumpets, the psalm sounds the alarm that death is imminent unless God intervenes to save. The first verb used in the psalm is hosiani, which sounds very similar to a word that can be heard frequently on Palm Sunday, as worshipers often cry, Hosanna. Hosanna was the cry that the people of Jerusalem made when Jesus entered the city for Passover. It is a cry that means, save us. The same verb is used in the 69th Psalm, but to cry for an individual salvation. The cry is Hosieni, which means, save me. Have you ever asked God to save you? The threat mentioned in the 69th Psalm is the amount of moisture that is flooding up to the psalmist's neck and billowing over the psalmist's head. So while water is up to the psalmist's neck outside, the inside of that neck is dry. Have you ever experienced something similar, where you feel like you are drowning and at the same time are thirsting for just a little bit of help? As the eyes of the psalmist struggle to stay open, the psalm shifts to an even deeper tragedy. The images of drowning shift to images of being surrounded by enemies who never help. Imagine being on the verge of drowning and the only ones who hear your cries for help are those who want you to drown. Desperately needing help, the psalmist receives hate. And this hatred is not only unjustified, but also unchecked. The psalm mentions being hated by not just one person, but a huge amount of people. The number of those who are hating the psalmist without reason are greater than the hairs on the psalmist's head. Now, for some of us, that would not be as alarming as it would be for others, simply because of the lack of hair we have. For those with a lot of hair, though, the thought is completely unnerving. Sadly, this is what Jesus expresses in John 15 as being true in his day. More than the numbers of hairs on his head were those who hated him. Jesus was hated by every authority figure and leader during his time. Jesus is opposed by increasing numbers of people until all of Jerusalem are calling for his death and even his closest disciples abandon him. No legitimate reason for the hatred could be offered because Jesus had done nothing wrong. In being attacked without reason, Jesus fulfills this part of the psalm. If that happened to you, would you be surprised by it? Jesus is not surprised. 
Because actually Jesus had been fulfilling other parts of the 69th Psalm as well. The Psalm mentions zeal for God's house consuming the psalmist. Now, while you and I might long to worship at God's house, that is not what this phrase means. The phrase indicates a holy passion for the worship of God to be pure. John 2 indicates that Jesus had zeal for God's house that consumed him when he came into the temple with a whip during Passover and scattered the money changers. In that act, Jesus was declaring that God's house should never be a marketplace where greed is allowed to thrive. And the event seems to be so striking that the disciples immediately connect it with the 69th Psalm. This type of zeal can occur today, though, just like it did in the Acts of Ezra and Nehemiah. When the zeal for God's house consumed them, and they cleansed the temple from those who had asserted their own authority and dominance in the place of God. Do you have that kind of zeal in you? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to purify the worship of God? Sadly, the result of such zeal is attack. The attacks are targeted at the one who is zealous for God. Such targeting occurs for Jesus as well. Each festival that he attends in the Gospel of John becomes riskier and riskier. The leaders desire to remove Jesus from the picture permanently. Once again, during another Passover festival, Jesus fulfills another phrase in the 69th Psalm while he is hanging on the cross. In the psalm, there is a description of being desperate for help and looking for just a little bit of comfort and yet finding none. In graphic imagery, the psalm mentions being hungry and thirsty and yet being given venom and vinegar. In some ancient societies, venom seems to have been given in order to stem the hunger pains a short period of time. The same was true with vinegar in regards to thirst. And some soldiers would actually drink the vinegar so they would not suffer from thirst during battles. Neither the venom nor the vinegar would satisfy someone who is hungry or thirsty. So giving these to someone who is dying of hunger or thirst would not help them recover at all and could actually speed up the person's death. John 19 mentions how Jesus cries from thirst, which is reminiscent of the psalmist's dry throat. And Jesus is given a sponge soaked in vinegar. Such a taste would not satisfy his thirst. Instead, the gospel mentions Jesus immediately bowing his head and dying. So even in his death and his most desperate hour of need, Jesus got no help and was shown no compassion. Even in his death, Jesus embodies the 69th Psalm. Thankfully, the Gospel of John also indicates that Jesus fulfilled the psalm after his death as well. The psalm mentions the deliverance of God raising those who are afflicted to new heights, and the resurrection of Jesus did that for him. The psalm mentions how good will come to the Lord's reputation when someone is willing to suffer righteously, and certainly that is true because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. The psalm mentions that those who are afflicted will see God's deliverance and rejoice and take to heart what God has done. And certainly that has been the case for many who have suffered afflictions as they are inspired by what Jesus has done. And the psalm mentions the Lord listening to the needy and helping those in bondage. And certainly that happened for Jesus. When Jesus was bound in death, 
in need of resurrection, and God's power broke the chains and raised him back to life. From the beginning of John's gospel to the end, Jesus is both willing and able to embody the 69th Psalm. Still, it is not how Jesus embodies that psalm that is the focus of John 15. Remember that in John 15, Jesus mentions being attacked without reason. Well, Jesus frames this quote by reminding the disciples that that would be true of them as well. If we're going to be precise, Jesus says that the persecutors are fulfilling what is written in their law. That phrase, in their law, is actually a contrast with the phrase, in God's law. In God's law, God's followers should be the ones who are zealous for God's house, who cry out for God's salvation, who are delivered from their afflictions. Yet the political and religious leaders during the time of Jesus had their own law that they followed. And in their law, any who contradicted their efforts or teachings should be afflicted and attacked. In doing so, the leaders actually become the haters that the psalmist cries against. This psalm can be fulfilled in our day as well. Any who persecute the followers of God fulfill the psalm, but in a negative way. Sadly, the same can be true of us as well. We too can fulfill the 69th psalm in a negative way. When someone disagrees with us or claims we are wrong, do we attack them? Do we criticize them rather than being the ones who are criticized? In John 15, Jesus tells his followers to be like the psalmist in the 69th Psalm. Jesus tells his followers to receive criticism and afflictions rather than giving them. The psalmist responded well to the lack of pity by the leaders and called out to God for deliverance. Similarly. Jesus sought to embody that response by staying faithful to God even on the cross. And Jesus encourages all his followers to respond that way as well. And if you look at the disciples, they did. Now it's up to us. Will we respond to the lack of pity by leaders in the same way that the psalmist, Jesus, and the disciples did? How will we embody the 69th Psalm. This isn't a question of whether we will or not, but rather how. My hope and prayer is that we will embody the 69th Psalm by being the ones who are criticized rather than the other way around. Let us hear now a prayer for strength to be the ones who are persecuted rather than the ones doing the persecution. Jesus, I'm feeling the attack from those surrounding me and failure from within me. The water is rising and my feet are slipping. Save me, O oh God. I've been calling for your help, but I'm worn out. I've been looking for you, God, but my eyes are failing. God, my God, do not hide yourself from me any longer. In your great love, O oh God, answer me with your sure salvation. I need rescue from the mire. Lord, hear me in my need. Do not despise me in all of my captivity. Bring your retribution and restoration. Restore me, O God, and I will praise your name in song and glorify you with thanksgiving. For in your great love, God, you answer me with your sure salvation. In 2 Chronicles 14.11, 
the king of Judah named Asa offers the following prayer. There is no one except for you to help between the powerful and the weak. So help us, Lord God, because we're depending on you and have come against this vast group in your name. Lord, you are our God. Let no mere mortal defeat you. This recognition that God helps those who are weak to withstand those who are powerful is a consistent one in the First and Second Testament texts. If you would like to go deeper into some helpful ways to respond to the abuse of power by leaders, I encourage you to examine the book Redeeming Power, Understanding Authority and Abuse in the Church by Diane Langberg. The book contains numerous chapters that offer glimpses into power and how power can be abused. But it also offers ways that power can be redeemed by followers of Christ. I hope you find this resource helpful, especially if you or someone you love is in a position of power today. Thanks for joining us for 700 Seconds in the Psalm with Dr. DJ Freemeyer. If you would like to have episodes delivered to you as they are released, then you can subscribe to the channel or at djbiblecoaching.com.